0: Welcome to Mental Forecast. I'm your host, Felipe Cardenas, and I want to thank you for joining us for Episode 3 of this podcast. If you found your way on this podcast, hopefully that means you know a little bit about us and what we're focusing on. It's mental health, and if this is your first time listening, I'll give you a quick rundown. So Mental Forecast is a podcast that is about storytelling experiences dealing with mental health issues. Each week, I invite a guest to come onto the show, share some of their experiences, and we talk about what has helped them get through their mental health hangups. So far, I've had the privilege of having my mom on the show and my awesome cousin, and this week, I got a chance to talk to a really cool dude who I've actually never met, but we're connected through some mutual friends. His name is Brandon, and he has adopted a really great perspective tool is what I think I would call it most called positive mental attitude and I'll let him explain what he sees positive mental attitude as because I don't have any experience talking on the subject so we're gonna go ahead and jump right into our interview which I titled addressing your attitude during times of mental distress
1: hey,
0: mercy. Take your all right, so I'm here with Brandon Loder, and we're really going to talk about today addressing your attitude when you feel like you're in mental states of distress. Uh, so Brandon, it's great to have you on your show. Thank you for joining us.
1: Uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I've listened to your ep- episodes, and I really like what you're doing, so I'm excited to be here.
0: So Brandon reached out to me through a mutual friend, Justine, and me and Justine used to work together at a museum, and we also went to high school together, which was pretty crazy. It seems that Brandon reached out with kind of some very specific things on his mind that he wanted to share. Uh, And the first thing that he really discussed with me or brought up was this idea of PMA, or positive uh, mental attitude, is that correct? Yeah, positive mental attitude. All right, so Brandon, right off the bat,
1: what does PMA mean to you? A uh, positive mental attitude it essentially uh, means to me of that despite what's going on in your life, that you kind of try to find a silver lining, if you will, in the situation. And I mean, granted, like I've seen a lot of things actually, I uh, can't remember right now, but it says like having a positive mental attitude doesn't mean you're positive all the time. You have those negative thoughts all the time. It's just trying to find the positive in that, not just focusing on the negative. Yeah. And. I've noticed for myself that overall has helped my mental state.
0: And I was I was talking with Brandon a little bit earlier. I, When I was kind of in my deepest moments of distress, and especially so growing up, I don't think I was emotionally mature enough to really address what was going on with my attitude. Like, oh, was I being too negative? Oh, was I not being positive enough? I think that I was just kind of trying to keep my head above water. Um, so how did you, I guess, how did you come to this idea of positive mental health and uh, positive mental attitude and incorporating it kind of into the way that you thought.
1: Well, I got introduced to it by, um, I grew up in the punk scene and I got introduced to it by a band called the Band Braids and the lead singer HR, they specifically have a song called Attitude and it addresses PMA, but uh, the lead singer HR was given a book by his father um, from Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. And it essentially, the basis of the book is, if you have a positive attitude, you could do whatever you want. like if you want to earn more money, think positively and head that way like it and so he took that idea and it kind of ran with it, and it became a whole subculture within the punk scene and in the hardcore scene, and there's a thing called PosiCore and everything and that's just kind of where I got introduced to it and I grew up, uh, grew up in with a mental health all my life um, i've inherited it from family members, my mom dealt with depression, anxiety, it's all there. So um, I've always had, always kind of had a pity party for myself. And at one point I just said, well, let me just try this. Let me just try to think positively about this. And it it, it took, it was a long process. It's not something that happened overnight, but eventually it got to the point where it's like, okay, well stuff happens now. It's like, man, it's like a bummer, but I, try to think think the best of it and move on i'm not dwelling on it as long as i used to and it, um, it helps me overall
0: i as you're describing this and, and you throw in the idea that it's from punk rock i just imagine people like running around in an old warehouse with like chain link and like running into each other mosh pitting and just listening to like really good vibe
1: music that's pretty, like pretty much what it is. I mean, and the Bad Brains were really big in the '80s, and that's when the like hardcore scene was really, really, really uh, brutal and dangerous and everything. But yeah, and, and especially on top of that, Bad Brains are is a uh, four African American gentlemen. So like in that time, they weren't they were the f- odd the fish out of the water. So uh, yeah, but overall, it, it created the subculture, and it, it's it's awesome. Yeah,
0: and and you called it something else. You said it was positivity core. Is that Positive the way core. you?
1: Just- yeah, was it Posi Core? Core, yeah. Posi
0: Core, yeah.
1: Well, like, the, like just it, it, it's affirmations to you, like
0: you're the best.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I mean, because well, punk rock is generally like a negative nihilistic type music. That that's just the way it is. But yeah. so there's a sub. I mean, there is a subsect of it that is okay. Like, do better. You can be better, and it, I like that because it, it's not just. I mean, it still has the ethos of punk rock, but it's still it it's uplifting
0: so how do you like growing up listening to punk rock get to that posi core like where does that transition happen is it on like a playlist somewhere that you listen to like do you have a kind of early memory of encountering posi core
1: uh not really i i remember i listened to bad brains but i never listened to them like i I've heard them, but I never listened to the lyrics. And then I just started paying more attention. And then I was like, oh, well, that's, that's a good idea. Like, what's that? And then I kind of started doing research like, oh, okay, well, what's PMA? And then just, oh, he got this book, Napoleon Hill. And then I started reading that. And it just kind of snowballed from there. But I think that my earliest recollection of me using that was probably roughly around, I want to say, almost 10 years ago. It just kind of happened one day and i'm like okay well let me just try this and i mean i'm i'm 35 so it's pretty late in the game to figure that out but at least 25, yeah yeah so i mean it took me that long to do it but at least i did it and now and a lot of people think it's corny a lot of people think it's easy that's fine but it just works for me so
0: are you saying then that you kind of went through your point up until 25 years of age where you really didn't have the tools that you think are useful to addressing your mental health then?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I mean, I, I've always addressed my mental health like for um, overall with, because uh, uh, I've been on antidepressants twice now in my life. Uh, once when my father passed away when I was 14 and then mo- more recently when I got into a depression that I couldn't, but for the most part, I was able to control my depression and anxiety and anything else that comes up using art. And um, but it 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 never. I mean, it was like kind of like putting a band-aid on it. Gotcha. I mean, it, it just wouldn't. It didn't go away. And then as I started to kind of encompass more a positive mental attitude, overall my the overall mental state just got better, like gradually. Yeah. Um, what was your art coming
0: out looking like, uh, or what was the medium first off, and then what was it coming out looking like? Was it a, an expression of whatever you were feeling was it trying to divert your attention what kind of uh images or whatever were you using
1: um i'm i, I like to do a lot of art so like i write i draw i write music and stuff and so um do photography and a lot of it i i'm as a per, as myself and i'm attracted to the negative thoughts and negative tones and stuff so that's the stuff that i get drawn to like i'm really into horror all that stuff just but now that I and before it was like I said, it was more of a I'm feeling sorry for myself, like okay, like this is just me feeling sorry. That's what it would come out essentially, mostly music because that's what my main area focuses on. But now it's more like okay, like now it's like okay, this, like I said, things have happened, but it can get better. Like it's not always going to be like this. now and I started thinking about the times that I was really bad or things that have happened in the past, and it's like, yeah, that. That happened, but it did get better. Maybe not overnight, but no matter what, it always got better.
0: Yeah, you you survived it. You're still here today, right? Yeah, exactly. So then, so then you you come across PMA. You start incorporating it into your life about ten years ago. What were? Do you have some memories of kind of like the first situations um, or experiences where you're you started to like use this new influence or use this new spectrum to start to address? whatever you were going through?
1: Yeah, um, I think like all guys in there, we, we, oh, well, at least I, I deal with breakups bad and it, that's what it started it, uh, a gotcha. breakup. And then I just kind of tried to focus more on the positive aspect of it than the negative. And it, like I said, it's, not, it's a gradual thing. It's not something that happened overnight, but as time went on, I realized things got better.
0: Um, it seems that breakups are probably gonna be very common parts oh, yeah, yeah. of my mental forecast podcasting i think that everybody you know nobody deals with break breakups necessarily great people just deal with them less crappy than others yeah
1: probably. and especially with people with like uh, mental health issues and emotional issues it's, it's a it's a huge distress and it's like it causes a lot of internal conflict for ourselves too yeah so
0: i, I talked about this in my last podcast but uh, one of the, the very serious relationships that I just got out of about a year ago was very influential in how I, how I uh, started looking at my mental health again, uh, how I started to address it. But I think unconsciously or in the back of my mind, I was using some kind of PMA um, direction of thought because when I look back at my last, last relationship, I do see a lot of the bad stuff. But I also see like a lot of the personal growth that came out of it. Like my rededication to my family and friends, um, my re-diving back into passions and things of that nature. And and kind of um, seeing the growth that I had coming out of that relationship, uh, it definitely took me until I was 25, like you said, to really start to get positive about those kind of big, big, grand, life-changing moments. Um, so 25, you go through this harsh breakup Um, You're starting to use this PMA again. What has kind of been a before and after picture where before when you didn't have this idea, your thoughts went like this and now your thoughts go like that. Do you see like a a juxtaposition on how you think or how you address your thoughts?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said earlier that like, it, it doesn't mean that you don't have negative thoughts. You just deal with the negative thoughts better. And before it was, I would focus on those and dwell on them and and just become a self pretty much in my own mind and just focus on that but now it's i try to not to do that and i focus more on like okay well what's the learning what's the the process of learning in the situation like what could i do to to change or what what needs to happen and oh well i've got like my family i have two sons and they they save me and everything every day and uh, I've got friends, and I mean all that stuff. You start looking at positive thing, like okay, things happen, but you always make it out of it.
0: So you have sons. That's, yes, that is a big deal, man.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. no, no, <laughs> it, it's 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 a uh, it's a whole that, that's why I got out of the punk scene and kind of had to grow up and everything, and not touring in bands anymore. But uh yeah, I mean it's it's a great thing, and every day I tell them that, like, or I try to tell them every day that they they make me a better person and they save me. So.
0: Because I guess I, I I didn't know this about you, but, but that you have sons. Are, would you be able to share some of kind of like how you've brought this PMA um, positive mental attitude to your children? Like how, how, how have you shared that with them?
1: Yeah, I have. I mean, I've. They're not a fan of the music. They they like their own thing. <laughs> but it, some music they like. But for the most part, I just try to tell them like not to focus on the stuff that they. Uh, my oldest one, he's pretty good about it. Uh, my youngest, he has I, – I, I could see some, like, underlining issues there, and that's why I'm trying to focus with him mostly on, like, okay, like, hey, man, don't, don't beat yourself so, up so much. Like, think about things that are positive and kind of try to bring yourself up instead of bring yourself down. And I mean, it, 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 it's a hard concept to learn at 10 years old, but still, like, if you plant a seed, it'll eventually get there.
0: Definitely, and, and I think back to, you know – Kind of my childhood. And again, I mentioned this in my podcasts, my two last podcasts, but I was very fortunate to have a mom who knew the signs of depression and anxiety and OCD. And so at a pretty young age, I started having conversations about mental health and about dealing with mental health. Um, but, you know, I know that that's not the same out there for everyone. And there's plenty of people who are out there and who don't have that support system. And so, for you, what was kind of like your childhood like growing up around talking about mental health
1: uh, the, There was no talk of mental health, and my childhood uh, I came from a broken home, and it wasn't necessarily the best situations but I guess and this all kind of could play into like how my mental health is due to teenage years and adult years and everything but um yeah, there, there was no discussion whatsoever of, of mental health. I know my mom my mom has dealt with mental health issues for a long time but it was never like openly discussed and it the before i'm glad granted now things are becoming different but there was a stigma about talking with mental health and that that i think that hindered a lot for everybody
0: i definitely felt that stigma more so with like my peers uh and maybe there was an actual disconnect because i you you mentioned something earlier throwing yourself a pity party Uh, was the phrase that you used, And I think that when I look back at like my high school years, and my middle school years, which is when I dealt with the most anxiety, and OCD, um, my pity parties rained pretty hard. And um, I think that it would close me off to my friends. And it really pushed that stigma of not sharing my pain or whatever I was going through. It really prevented me from wanting to share that with people. And so like, just these last couple months where I've been talking about this podcast with my friends and family and like people have been listening to it. They, they reach out to me and they're like, I can't believe you never told us you were going through that kind of stuff. And I think it was because I was throwing my own pity party. I thought I was all alone in this or that I just had my mom and dad to talk to about this. Um, but man, I had a little bit of an outlet, but it sounds like you really had to find your own outlet. And it was, it was a struggle.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and it, uh, even now, like even if you start talking about the way you feel or doing, you're labeled as like, Oh, stop being emo or whatever. Like people just kind of throw that, that label on you. And it's like, well, I'm just trying to like talk with you and have a healthy discussion or whatever. Like I want to be able to, I consider you my friend. I would be able to want to be able to tell you like, Hey, like I'm going through this. And there's people that are receptive, obviously, but there's other people that like just, they, they don't get the whole mental health things and I think as a culture overall, it's changed in the last five years drastically and in, in a better way. Yeah, and so, I, yeah, it, it it was difficult finding my way, but I was able to find my way, and I'm glad I did. Music was always a outlet that I found and kind of like a savior. It, I, I like, I hate saying it, but finding punk rock saved my life at the time that I did.
0: And finding that particular part of punk rock, as yeah, well. yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. Um.
0: So I really didn't start to feel comfortable myself talking about it uh, and coming out openly and even the idea of starting a podcast about it. Interestingly enough, until Kevin Love did his whole interview um, where he talked about the depression that he faces and the panic attacks that he faces. So I watch a lot of basketball. I watch watch a lot of sports. And so um, if you haven't heard this before, Kevin Love, in the middle of one of his games, I think it was even maybe during the playoffs or right before the playoffs this past year he like exits at halftime and just disappears and like nobody knows what's going on uh and they're throwing a bunch of shade at him all these commentators are giving him a bunch of crap uh and then he comes out and he's like oh i was having a legit panic attack and my anxiety was crippling at that time and i couldn't actually perform in the game and he's like and i've dealt with this most of my life um and I guess because sports is so important to me and, and I I revolve so much of my time and energy around watching or playing sports or just enjoying talking about sports, that was a really big moment for me to start to talk about it um, openly, even with like strangers openly talk about it. Do you have like this turning point where you became more comfortable talking about mental health?
1: Um, I've always been comfortable myself talking about it, but it just whether or not people around you make you feel comfortable like you could be comfortable talking about all you want but when you talk to the wrong person and they essentially mock you or make fun of you or like don't even kind of understand where you're coming from it makes things difficult and kind of similar to what you're saying about sports uh actually like having pma like finding pma uh recently mark and i have started or justine's boyfriend started a uh pma podcast that we have and then it it kind of, I started getting slowly into fitness and that's helped me a lot with my mental health as well. Like it gives me an outlet. It's kind of a form of therapy. And everyone says that like the, uh, the iron gym for, or I mean, uh, sorry, the iron is therapy. And that's usually what it is like going, working out is therapy. I've gotten into yoga, I've gotten to meditation and all these things have kind of helped me overall in dealing with my anxiety and my overall mental health and kind of like setting a reset button
0: so you mentioned a couple things there that i think we should really address or touch on one is that you're also starting this podcast that's focusing on pma uh with justine who's my friend from work uh with her boyfriend mark um how did you and mark get together to think of starting a podcast focused on pma
1: uh well justine i met mark through justine at one of a, a mutual friend's house and Mark and I just kind of casually started, you know, talking on Instagram and everything. And then we found out we, we have a lot in common and um, he's, he has a military background and we were talking about PMA one day and he was telling me that, that essentially they were teaching him to do the same thing in certain situations. And so we're like, oh, well, it's not just, it's not just punk. It's not just this. Like, so we kind of found that common ground. We're like, well, maybe we should start talking about it more and Hopefully, getting people to get on board of the like, okay, well, like, I don't have to be so negative all the time.
0: So it's not just for punk rockers. It's not just for military guys. It's not just for yogis and meditation. Yeah, no,
1: it's not just this hippie thing. Like, it it, it really does have long term effects on on yourself. I mean, on your well being. I know some individuals, one of my friends, actually, close friends, always negative always thinking negatively no matter what happens to him, get a new job, better pay. Oh, well still not enough. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just I, no matter what he does, he's not happy. And I'm trying to get him to see a little bit about this, but it's, it's a lot harder with some people than it is. And with me, I mean, I kind of was that way for a long time, but ever since I've kind of enacted this part of, or this thought process in my life, it's been a lot better overall. I mean, granted things do happen still, but I, I, don't dwell on one as much.
0: Okay. So when something happens and you feel like depression is going to be triggered or anxiety is starting to ramp up, do you have mantras? Do you have um, kind of like lines of thoughts or a structure that you have in your mind? Because I'm, I'm always curious, like, what are you telling yourself that's part of this PMA um, focused thought process or thought discipline?
1: For me, it's always look at the silver lining. Look Look at what like okay, yeah, you just went through a breakup. Okay, you learned more about yourself. You learned what you do and don't like, what what you can improve on yourself. And I mean, I kind of stress this to my kids a lot too. Every every time I talk to them, it's like, hey, you guys are gonna be better men than me, because I want them to, to see. I want to take my faults and not push them on them, and just like okay, like let's make you better. Like you guys could be better at doing things and stuff. And that's I guess the main mantra I kind of do be better or just do better. And yeah, I have like a go-to things like working out like fitness and stuff that, that kind of helps me and, or meditating that that's become a really big part of what I've done lately. Like I try to do that daily now.
0: So if you don't mind sharing or what, what is the last kind of situation that you had to go through where you started to use kind of your PMA, self-helping mantras and where you felt like it made a dramatically like it really helped soothe you and it was very dramatic that it helped you out what what was one of the most more recent things that you had to deal with
1: it was probably last week actually um I, my car broke down and i ended up putting a ton of money into it mm-hmm. unexpected money and i just recently moved into a new place so like all this kind of compiled and it it really really got me down but i gave myself a day to feel sorry about it and then after that i wanted to focus on okay well like you have a car you have a job you have a family you have all this stuff it it it, and you've been in worse situations before you'll get through this yeah
0: so uh that's interesting that your car just broke down i just had a uh almost motorcycle accident uh just about two weeks ago where i blew out my back tire on the freeway going 90 and had to pull over and then get towed and of course getting work done on a harley davidson is not cheap
1: no not at all nothing that comes with harley davidson is cheap
0: yeah exactly you don't buy them because they're cheap they're going to save you money and you don't buy them because they're safe um so i i you know i i felt like financially, it was going to be like a really big deal. And there were, I went through about three or four hours of just very frustrated and angry. And I could feel like I was getting depressed and whatnot. And, you know, I I was able to surprisingly soothe myself and bring myself back down from that anger by instead of focusing on the wrongs that were done to me, just focusing on like what I needed to do to yeah. Get through it and like focus on what I needed to do to handle it. Like, um, people, you'll make more money in life, right? If you got to yeah. buckle down, if you got to cut back on things, like, you just got to do what you got to do to handle that situation. But, uh, I feel like finances can definitely be huge anxiety burdens and huge depression triggers.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, what they say is like a lot of what a, portion, a good portion of divorce is caused by arguments about money and stuff. and it's, it's 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 a difficult topic, no matter how you look at it. whoever's looking at it, just finances are a hard thing to approach and but yeah like I think as you as time goes on and as you start getting mentally healthy, you start developing this mental checklist that you have to do in certain situations like that, where you there's something will happen, but then it's like, okay well, what do I do now? okay, let's start planning ahead, let's do this, check check, check and you start having a mental a mental checklist for yourself and how to move forward
0: yeah I really need that checklist or I need to I really need that like priorities list if I'm gonna sleep at night
1: yeah and it sounds like you you, you did that for what that what happened to your motorcycle like okay like like okay you gotta buckle down okay I'm at least okay all this stuff you have these mental checklists that you kind of rebalance yourself and then move forward
0: absolutely and you know and luckily for the motorcycle it's like are you alive yeah check box yes or no if yes you know, raise your hands and, and cheer. Yeah,
1: you're like, already 75% better. As long there. as you get, a, yeah. get
0: away from the, that, that incident alive, like you call it a win. Like you're not oh. taking a loss. You just got to win.
1: Hey man, I want a bike too. And that's the one thing holding me off. It's like, uh, I've got kids. So it makes it a little more yeah, difficult. Yeah,
0: I, I think that when all said and done, when and if I have children, the bike will be a secondary mode of transportation. Yeah, and
1: uh, that's what it's yeah. gonna be for me. It'll be
0: like a weekend. I'll, I'll be what I what I hate most in this world. I'll become a weekend warrior.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I completely get it.
0: But uh, you know, it's one of those priority things. And and the motorcycle for me um, has actually probably been the most stress relieving form of release I've ever had is riding the motorcycle. And I, didn't, I discovered it when, when I, I didn't ever rode motorcycles when I was growing up. I didn't have dirt bikes, didn't have little mopeds, nothing like that. Um, so I kind of just jumped into it a little bit cold turkey because of, I, I'm always a little bit embarrassed to say this, but when I think about it, not really, because of the show Sons of Anarchy. Um the, the badassery that they displayed and the confidence that they seemed to have. I guess what I wanted was I wanted that level of confidence. So I ended up getting a motorcycle. And then it was like instant therapy riding that bike. And maybe it's something about being like on the knife's edge of death because anybody can like merge into your lane and you're just hyper-focused and hyper tuned into your environment uh and then you know you really it does feel free when you're going that fast out in the open with like the wind in your face and stuff but that is a real anxiety soother i will tell you that is my go to um, yeah and that's what i'm looking forward way, to but but uh oof, it's definitely something else like i don't think i i will actually like yell out in happiness if I hit a really good turn or something like in my helmet and I can just imagine somebody who's driving next to me with like their window down, hears like a muffled scream coming from my helmet and they'd be like a little worried, but it's just me like expressing how excited and like thrilled I feel with that.
1: And that's good. And that, that that's a good, uh, like you said, de-stressor for you because God knows we have all too many stressors in our life at any, any given time. So that's good that you have that
0: and i actually have i guess because i'm so focused on my environment too it's it's one of those things where like if you're turn your brain off of a problem and you have it being slightly used for other things sometimes you can really solve that problem i don't know if you have anything that that does that does that for you but i've really been able to work through some of my own personal struggles and personal issues while on the motorcycle and jumping through traffic or like driving through the mountains it's just like i'm actually able to get to the root of some of my issues while i'm because i'm having this hyper focus going on around me i'm actually able to hyper focus sometimes on the issues that i'm really dealing with and i actually feel the same way a little bit sometimes when i'm in the gym you mentioned pumping iron uh not that i would call myself a lifter by any stretch but here (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think I got more than like an hour and an hour and a half in me for any session. But I do feel it sometimes when I'm working out, like, you'll, you'll just be doing a groove through some reps. And all of a sudden, those thoughts, you're like, Oh, my gosh, this is how I'm going to solve this. Oh, my gosh, this is what I'm going to do next. So yeah, it's it's those outlets are really necessary, I feel, when you have when you deal with things like OCD or anxiety that can come on very suddenly. You need to have those outlets in place to help yourself out.
1: Yeah, I agree with you with that. And um, like you said earlier, or or if you asked earlier, if I have something that uh that kind of recalibrates myself or allows me to not think about things and that does meditation. And I try to focus on that because it, you're not focusing on anything. You're not focusing on your problems. You're not you're focusing on your breathing. And it kind of helps you recalibrate things. But with the whole fitness thing, um, I totally agree with you on that. And actually, uh, Mark and I, we both are, he, we have our individual fitness brands. And I'm start, trying to start my own. And, yeah, I want to focus on how mental health is the building blocks of fitness. Like,
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, you could go to the gym and do lift like do curls all day but if you're not mentally in it you're not gonna do anything like it's not gonna come you have to be kind of involved and want to do more and so yeah
0: I think well I mean I'm sure that there are theories and plans out there and you know that deal with like that that kind of putting your mental energy and focusing on your mental energy as you're going into the workout. But this is kind of like the first time talking with you about it that I, that I'm actually thinking about it. Like,
1: well, yeah. Cause if you, if you don't not, have a good attitude on it, like you won't even go to the gym in the first place.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you yeah have to, like, getting your ass out of bed to begin
1: with. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You have to like be able to force yourself to go to the gym, not force yourself, but like get yourself to go to the gym and first set up at the mental blocks there. And then you build off of it from there?
0: The gym has been a great place for you to have an outlet. You're talking about meditation being an outlet before it was music. So it sounds like you've got, you're somebody who definitely has these passions that they're drawn to. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like I described, I love sports. I love motorcycles. There's a couple other things that I feel I really deeply engage with. But the reason I'm bringing this up is a friend actually, I was talking with a friend and they were telling me how they really didn't have, um, that many passions, and in fact, they really didn't have that many like hobbies like they, they had like their their significant other they had their family, they had their dog, but like nothing outside of that where you can almost like it's responsibility free almost to have these hobbies where you can just have pure unadulterated excitement and it's all for you and it's really like the essence of treating yourself and taking care of yourself and I think that having those things in place in your life and finding those things are monumental in overcoming times of duress.
1: And I agree with you. And I think it's actually like very, very imperative to like having good mental health because it, it, it gives you a chance to relax. You're not focused on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm focused on paying the bills or what I have to do this weekend or all the band stuff I have to go to for my son's school or whatever, any of that stuff. It just, you are focusing on, okay, well like I'm enjoying this and it gives you that chance to recalibrate. I guess I that's the term I use a lot. Like yeah. Recalibrate,
0: refuel, yeah, right?
1: Yeah. Refuel and it, it, you You have to mentally refuel and then you could move forward.
0: So, you know, on my podcasts, I, I always like to share, get into people's stories. And I also want to get to the points where they find solutions to some of the issues that they face. And it sounds, as I'm digging deeper and deeper into this, I am finding that it's not so hard to find solutions to dealing with your mental health. It's really about gathering the energy and gathering the will to reach out And grab those solutions. I know what solutions there are for my mental health. I know exactly what I can do to help myself feel better. But in these times of deep depression or in these times of deep anxiety or OCD, it's actually gathering the will to reach out of my own little bubble of pain to get out of my pity party and grab onto these things that are re energizing, that are refueling, that are recalibrating. And I think that there's a little bit of. With people who don't deal with this, and this is kind of the sense that I get from some people that I've talked to, with people who don't deal with this, what they really don't understand is that there's that big gap that is really hard to sometimes surpass, where you're getting out of your pity party and into your, excuse me, and into your solution-based, your passions, into your solution-based positive thinking, into your meditation. And it's that gap that is the part of mental health that's sometimes the most difficult.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in the fact that we all have the tools that we need to survive, to do better. It's just whether or not we use them. I mean, it, it, and to me, a lot of it starts with the, your attitude. If you have a negative attitude about things and we're like, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do this, I can't get up, I can't get out of bed today, yeah. then you're not. And then it's like, okay, well, I can get out of bed today. I'll have that cup of coffee, I'll go, through, go to my job. I'll hang out with my friends. And it just starts from there. And and if you force yourself out of bed, then, or not force yourself out of bed, but if you get the will to get out of bed, then usually it kind of goes up from there.
0: Yeah. And that's definitely something like you never regret getting up and getting that cup of coffee once you've already done it and you've gotten like your day going. Yeah. Or you never really regret going and seeing that friend, even if it's only for a couple hours. But you are dreading scheduling it because you're like, oh, am I going to have the time? I'm going to be exhausted. But once you're there, you're like, oh, this is what I actually needed to like, yeah. make my day better. So I, I guess, you know, what, what, I, what I'm looking at is w- when you're describing that hurdle to people and you're describing it to people who have never experienced before, it is always very interesting and it's very always very important. To articulate how big that hurdle can be for some people, uh, especially people who deal with deep depression, is that hurdle to just go ahead and m- make that decision to do something that you know is going to be positive in your life. That is the biggest part of the bit, the biggest issue to address.
1: Yeah, no, I fully agree. And people don't understand that. I mean, I don't want to say normal, but um, for people that are don't have mental health issues they just see a doorway and you just walk out you're good but for someone with mental health issues it's you you see a wall you have to get past that wall to the doorway to get out and and that is yeah
0: beautiful that's a beautiful way to describe it i love that expression
1: yeah and i mean it it, it takes us a little bit or not us because i don't want to identify myself with one particular thing or anything but we all we all have our own mental hangups. And some, some people, it's a lot harder to get out of bed, get out than it is others. Myself, I, I have days where it's really difficult. But I, as I said, I have kids. I, can, I have responsibilities on myself. So I can't allow myself to be, I guess, I can't allow myself to fall in that depression. It, um, I have more riding on me. And that, that's one of the things that I kind of focus on.
0: Yeah, definitely a a lot more responsibilities that you just throw in the pot to handle with.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying that, like, I have more responsibilities than others. It's just that those are oh, the no, things you I- have
0: way more responsibilities than me, like way, way, oh, okay. well, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> I got to make sure like I'm clothed and fed. And that's about it.
1: Yeah, and see, uh, uh, I know, and some of my friends don't have kids. A lot of them do, and a lot of them have mental health issues. And I'm sure they deal with the same thing. It's you. It's not just you anymore. You've got to figure out a way to to provide for your kids and stuff. And I mean, not provide I mean, financially or monetary. Uh, I mean, just like give them a healthy life. And you don't want them seeing you sad.
0: Yeah, you got to be able to provide that. What you the best and healthiest emotional environment to, for them to grow up in as well
1: exactly and also want to give them the building blocks so that if they have those issues or mental health issues that you you can help them kind of prepare for that
0: yeah i mean again my mom understood the genetics behind mental health and so she knew you know as she, before she had me she understood that her family had issues with it and that what she was going through was mental health issues. And she knew that I was going to be predisposed to have it and that my little sister as well would have some really hard predisposition towards it. Um, Because of the genetic nature, I do think about, you know, if I have children, are they going to go through this too? And if they're going to go through this, what are going to be the sources of knowledge that I give them? like where am i going to direct them to to handle these kind of issues maybe maybe secretly that's why i started a podcast so i could record how to do this all for future generations but for your kids do you have anything and you know it can be very simple things like i point them towards music or i point them to sports or something like that but where are you are you are you going through these steps of where should i be pushing my kids or where should i be encouraging them to go towards because I know that they could potentially fall into these mental health holes.
1: Um, yes. Cause uh, my oldest one is kind of a carbon copy of myself. So I see a lot of the things that I dealt with in high school, anxiety and everything, and kind of being very timid and passive and everything. And so I try to talk to him and help him with that because after I, after high school and as I gradually got older, I became more confident in myself and realized that like, yeah. okay, well there was a lot of missing opportunities there. So I try to, help him out in ways that I can there. Obviously I can't tell him like you have to do this or anything because every personality is different and he might be different from what, how I was handling things or what helps him. But uh, I try to kind of set a guideline there and overall uh, I express that therapy is good because I I tell them I go to therapy. I tell them that it's a, it's a great thing that there's nothing to be afraid of in that because I mean growing up, no one really talked about it. No one talked about going to therapy. No one said it was a great thing. Like, if you went to therapy, there was something wrong with you. Yeah. And it, 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 it's kind of breaking that stigma one piece at a time.
0: I definitely, growing up, bucked against going to therapy. And I think that when I really look back at it is because if I was going to therapy, then something was deeply wrong with me, exactly yeah. how you said it. And, and you know, I haven't i've gone to therapy periodically i'll jump into sessions and out of sessions and depending on how much it costs and you know i that always is an outlet that i know exists but probably that i don't use as much as i could
1: it's not easy for everyone because they don't have the the financial needs and uh, i have a decent job that provides me good benefits so i'm lucky to have that but i also uh, but there there's always resources out there if you need it yeah and I'm sure that there's people out there that can't and but you if there's you'll be able to find a way you could go to therapy if you really need to and if you need the help you should go get it and um but I just with my my kids I just don't want them to feel if there's any or anybody I talk to like whenever I talk about it I talk positively about therapy because I think it's a great thing I I think it's very very helpful for everyone
0: very nice Well, we're kind of rounding up our time here today. And so I just wanted to come back and and thank you again for joining us. Um, Give me a little bit more. Give me a shout out on your Instagram. Give me a shout out on what your podcast and what what you're planning to do next. your, Your big, just your projects in general. What's going on with you, Brandon?
1: Um, I'm trying to do more podcasts. Uh, Mark and I just recorded another episode. We recorded our first episode like six months ago, and then a lot's happened since then. So uh, we've recorded a new episode, so we'll be releasing that soon. That you can find us on PMA Pod uh, or PMA All Day Pod on uh, Instagram. I could be I could be found on A Center's Heart with uh, periods in between each word, and you could check out my fitness thing at Parabellum Fitness on Instagram, and that's starting up too. So I just want to try to do as much as I can and. Hopefully make an impact somewhere.
0: Absolutely. And so I'm also gonna be including all that link stuff and and I'll post a couple of posts regard, regarding all that stuff. But uh thank you, Brandon, for coming on. Thank you for sharing.
1: Hey, thank uh, you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really and, appreciate what you're doing. Thank
0: you for sharing your stories about you know with your kids too. I think that going into this, I d because I don't have kids, I never even thought about addressing that. But oh yeah, no. dang, it's a whole nother level up. Oh yeah,
1: there. yeah. I mean, yeah, the the it just it gets bigger. Like <laughs> There's bigger. a lot of something bigger than you, yeah.
0: It's a lot bigger than you. I like that. All right, Brandon. Thank you again, man.
1: All right. See
0: you. Say, mercy. A big thank you to Brandon for coming on the show and sharing his story. And I'll be posting about everything we talked about on my Instagram and Facebook, which is, as always at Mental Forecast. Find me there at Mental Forecast. We've come to the end of the show here, folks, and I just got two things to remind you about. Number one, I'm not a doctor. Anything I say on this show definitely, definitely is not medical advice. It's just some life experiences that me and my co-stars have had. And the second part is that this show doesn't happen without y'all. I can only do episodes as long as I have guest speakers, so I encourage you all to reach out to me because this show is about your stories. All right, everybody. I love y'all. Catch you next time. Oh, mercy.